are so excited. We are really excited. I'm Christy. And I'm Karen. And we are going to be talking about, um, I think, some veteran teacher coaching today, yeah. um, one of our scenarios. Kind of similar to previous weeks, but we're going to take a different spin. Yeah. So uh, sit back, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, we were just talking yeah, about- how was your week? I know we were just talking about, do you have any good stories from the week? And we were saying that sometimes- some weeks are better than others for stories. Yes, and some of our stories are really classic, but maybe not podcast worthy. Right. We have to make sure that we're always protecting the dignity of our kids, our families, right. our staff, that sort of a thing. Um, I have a little girl at school who um, is in upper elementary, and she she always chooses like every single day for her um, like reward for her incentive um, to be adult brag time, mm. and so I go like big, well, embarrassing, to, right? public, like <laughs> crazy, what? and she always just rolls her eyes and like acts like she hates it, but then chooses it every single day. Um, but one thing that was really sweet is she gave me a quick hug on the playground the other <laughs> the other day, and she goes. I can hear your heartbeat. Oh, <laughs> I just so it was, sweet. I just thought it was sweet. They're so sweet. Yeah, I got to give out a bunch of different rewards. That's one of the things we do. We do a readathon, mm-hmm. and then the different levels they earn, they get to. I they earn time with me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that <laughs> makes it seem like I think I'm really awesome. Do you? Did you plan that? that yes, was, I like, did. You put that on the list of rewards. <laughs> like multiple different times with me depending (laughs) on the level but um one kid earned every single level so obviously he was with me a lot last week and at the end of the week he said no I wasn't sure before this year you are the best principal (laughs) I have in fact been his only principal (laughs) but the pizza party pushed me over the top yeah awesome love it all right, so moving into our scenario this week from um, middle school teacher. Yes, her name, name is Maggie. Maggie. Okay. Now remember, guys, we're doing a little structured take on this because Christy had this scenario earlier than I did. I did. So she's doing a little bit of the research mindset yep. that principals need to do, taking that scholarly lens to um, the topic that we're covering. And I am just going to kind of shoot from my hip, my soul. <laughs> My husband listened to the last podcast, and he liked that I sang soul, so I did that for him. No one else probably liked it. And then we'll also weave in our systems, because that's what we believe at the Modern Principle, that you have to um, put a little scholar behind it, put some soul, and then obviously look for ways to Yeah, make it sustainable. And sustain it. All right, so here are the deets from Maggie. And we also, we always change the names, just so that no one could ever, like, tie them back to you guys. Oh, should I change <laughs> it then from Maggie? Just kidding, we already did. Okay. Here she goes. I am a teacher. Looking to both how you might recommend a teacher handle a situation as well as what you would do as an admin. Two teachers on the same grade level and department team in middle school. One is new and has only been on this team and the other has been there for over 20 years. Um, The more seasoned teacher is uninterested in collaboration, makes off-putting remarks towards the newer teacher as well as to other staff members, but regularly relies on the newer teacher to create the resources, tech assistance, and general problem solving. The more seasoned teacher seems to be uninterested with personal growth as an educator or research-based modern approaches to classroom management and assessments. Additionally, the more seasoned teacher does not use curriculum provided with fidelity. The newer teacher has become increasingly more uncomfortable sharing resources and ideas in meetings across the grade level, even to the point where 
Um, this teacher would be willing to do more cross-curricular learning experiences, but it's become quite challenging to do with this particular teacher. All right, Woo! that was a mouthful. Okay. Woo! Yeah, well, so I, I think it's interesting that the topic that this um, Maggie put was collaboration among staff. Yeah, because we are kind of going to go at it through the lens of, I think, just like the the more experienced veteran teacher. Yeah, this, what... this does not feel, from my soul, as an issue with collaboration, more with attitude of the seasoned teacher. Yeah. There were several things that stuck out about her saying um, that she makes off-putting remarks, takes things but doesn't give them, those kind of things that make it seem like it's less of a team issue and more of an individual yeah. concern. That's what it, that's kind of what I thought too. Um, so a few different things I obvious, I look everywhere. So I kind of just do general Google searches. I always look in, um, like EBSCOhost and I try to find real journals. Just a great I researcher. try to do, I try to use books. Um, but I think the number one thing that we have to remember here is that veteran teachers do need different things than newer teachers because they have been around the block. And I read this article from Edutopia um, from Peg Gruffwilner. And mm, um, yes, thing. and so she was like, you really have to figure out how do you tap into the wisdom of veteran teachers? Um, also, you still need to help them to grow, um, but also not seem pompous because even though there might be some off-putting remarks, sometimes we find that veteran teachers actually feel a little bit insecure. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes those off-putting remarks can come from like a place of insecurity. Yeah, I think um, my my soul approach is very similar to that. Just thinking a little bit about the emotion behind where those off-putting remarks come from. I think it's really easy to um, address things directly, and I think it's a lot harder. Well, addressing things directly isn't actually easy. but it's <laughs> simple, simple. Not easy. <laughs> yes, simple, direct. But I think it's a lot harder um, to actually coach this veteran teacher into recognizing where like her own emotion behind where some of her unwillingness is coming from that's a much longer journey than just saying stop doing that um yes I and yeah. that's probably ex like what we would need to tell this newer teacher is hey I'm going to address this as an administrator I understand your concern but this is not a quick fix almost no fix is quick in education yeah because we don't want compliance we don't want you to just stop being Right. rude right like we want truly like a change of heart and to like get you on board with everything we're doing for sure and I think that sometimes when you have those conversations with staff members and say give a directive which administrators do have to give directives and say like this kind of um, approach being rude to your colleagues is not appropriate not professional that kind of thing but it also it might just stop it in front of you it might not stop it exactly. in general. Exactly. And so I think it's just really tricky to, to try and coach that um, person and to, like, join them, have some empathy for what they might be feeling or going through, um, and just help them kind of recognize their own emotions. Like, education is seriously not just about instructional growth. No. So much about personal growth. Yes. And the only constant is that everybody in your building should always be changing. Yeah. Well, we're both reading Coaching for Equity from Elena Aguilar, and there's, like, a she talks a lot about kind of helping people to self-actualize mm -hmm. and um, to look at their own identity because those those pieces are really important to becoming a good teacher, a good coach, a good administrator. Um, it's not just about the instruction piece. Yeah. I also, um, from an admin point of view, like what would I do in this situation? Um, I think the big thing is to really make yourself a lot more visible. 
um, for, for mm-hmm. to start. I think that puts just you in the knowledge, gives you a lot more time to observe what's really going on, observe some dynamic, and I'd probably spend some time relationship building with that veteran teacher. I'd obviously be supporting that newer teacher, but depending on how long you've been in the building, this could be a relationship you might be taking for granted, mm-hmm. um, or it could be a relationship you just really never fully invested with, and it's something that you probably really need to because you're going to have some hard conversations, and you need to establish that trust to begin. Agreed. Um, the other thing that I was looking up um, was something called differentiated supervision, um, mm. and it was from someone named Glathorn in 1997. And I don't know how much I should be citing. You know, like I just don't want to make. <laughs> I just don't. I don't want to like act like we're taking people. I don't want to plagiarize. She's so good about this. <laughs> no, she's so good. And I'll be like, I heard this one time, and she'll be like, Don't say it until we Google and figure out where you heard this. Um, but. Basically, this differentiated supervision is exactly what it sounds like. And so we want this teacher to want to get better. We want them, you know, we want them to get better instructionally. We want them to get better collaboratively. We want them to get better as a human being. Um, And so differentiated supervision is just talking about how it's an approach that lets teachers um, have options about the kind of... PD essentially that they're getting and so that can be different things like going to different conferences doing informal um, observations peer coaching video um, mentoring study groups all of those different things Um, and so then thinking to that system side is are you does your entire structure like your PD structure Mm -hmm. your super um, your supervision structure provide for that yeah and what resources do you have in the building that you may have not shared equally amongst your veteran and newer teachers Um, because everybody deserves coaching. Everybody has the right to coaching whether or not they are um, performing proficiently or at a basic level. And so um, everybody's students deserve that too. Another thing I thought of as you're really working with that veteran teacher um, is to really start bringing out those conversations of their impact. Um, Yes. I think when you start to get into interpersonal relationships, um, it's hard to quantify that, but you really – I think that you also need to just put a lot of your attention with this teacher about what what are they actually doing in the classroom. And it sounds like they're a little, like Christy said earlier, a little insecure maybe about their own impact if they're taking resources from others and not really giving. Yep. And so I think it'd be really important to start having some data talks around what are the students learning, how are you planning, why are you doing what you're doing, and really start to help them put words to their actions and connect it for them. Yes. So I read um, a really good – it was actually a blog post. And if you are not familiar with Jim Knight and you have an instructional coach or you are – I love Jim Knight. Yes. If you are an instructional coach, you need to really look up Jim Knight. And so he – it's instructionalcoaching.com, I'm pretty sure is his website. And he has a blog and he had a guest blogger on there, Steve Barkley. And I've never done this. And so now I'm I'm really interested to try it. But – Rather than asking, like, teachers, um, especially veteran teachers uh-huh. who've been around the block, they've had a lot of different initiatives, and then they come right. back around and we rename them. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you guys, they have this really cool new thing. Yeah, we know. We've done it 20 times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but rather than saying, like, what are your goals, um, this guy, Barkley, he actually took um, something from a leadership expert from um, MIT, I think, and asking them to create a hypothesis instead Mm. because the hypothesis can force individuals to 
try to articulate in advance why they think something will happen. Um, yes. And so with an instructional strategy or with a piece of data um, moving forward, making that hypothesis that I think students will do blank when we implement blank. Wow. Um, as opposed to creating a goal because then that can be used more to like instruct the staff as a whole yeah. and like everybody's more on like a learning page rather mm-hmm. than just, oh, I met my goal or oh, I didn't. Oh, and goals sometimes also right or wrong have insinuated to teachers that they're they're they are doing something wrong mm-hmm. um I hear that so much when I give teachers feedback like I feel like I'm doing everything wrong and and a lot of teachers feel like goal means I have not reached something right and so I like that really well we did that in my building um for PD two years ago and last year COVID kind of messed up our PD plans this year, but we did, we called them breakouts. And so every teacher took a problem, Mm -hmm. whether it was an individual student that wasn't making growth, a small group or their whole class in a certain area and hypothesized an intervention that they thought would work. It was cool. One teacher wanted to maximize her transitions to the bathroom. So she put in a plan to do that. One teacher wanted to grow vocabulary with three students, you know, so it could just be taken any number of ways, but it was really great. So they worked on it for um, four weeks straight during our early out times on their own or with their peers. And then we did like a gallery walk and we kind of partnered people up with like similar themes. It was a really great self-guided. Well, your soul is grounded in the scholarly. Woo! <laughs> Who knew? Evidence. So yeah, that feels good. You know, it also... I also would say it, it is important to be direct about your expectations yeah. as an administrator. So w- while we're giving a lot of opportunities for coaching and collaborative conversations, sometimes administrators do have to be really direct about yep. um, the conversations that they consider professional or non-professional, the attitudes that we're going to bring to collaborations and those kind of things. And so it's just a hard balance of knowing when to go from coaching to supervisor, but that's something that all admin kind of have to work through. Yep. And I think a great resource for that that we both talk about all the time, like I don't even have to bring it out, is Radical Candor. Um, it's like our hashtag. It, hashtag, it, we <laughs> love Radical Candor. Well, it's really important because, mm-hmm. but you also have to have the relationship. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you, you can't have Radical Candor without a relationship. And so if you have neglected that as an administrator, and we do, sometimes yes. we do pour more into some people than we do others, and it's not intentional, but... right. We're, we're only one person. Right. And the other thing you have to remember is some teachers who have been doing this for a long time, they maybe haven't had the professional development um, that other members of the team had. I, I have found that some veteran teachers struggle really hard to name why they're strong. Yes. Like they just know they're good. All teachers. Yeah, it's true. But I think when you become veteran, you start to say, well, it's because we're using this curriculum as opposed to this old one that we know wasn't working. And I always push back with like, no, I've it's, seen ineffective teachers use this curriculum and not get those results. It's what you're doing with the curriculum. It's the questions you ask. It's the um, relentless monitoring that you do of student understanding. So, like, I think veteran teachers that cause and affect data can always be strengthened in them. I think, in all teachers. I think, too, if you've started teaching before No Child Left Behind, that the role of the administrator, the role of collaboration, yes. the role of instructional coaches has changed quite a bit from before yeah. No child left behind to, right. to now. To now. And, um, That's 2001 for all you Gen Zs out there. <laughs> um, and so the other thing that I was looking at was um, actually a, a study, and they took some veteran teachers out of high school, and they were all at least 21 years of experience, so 21 to 35 nice. years of experience. 
and they implemented peer coaching, but it was optional. Um, that's one thing about like actual coaching that a lot of people say is that it has to be a choice. You can't mm-hmm. force people to engage in coaching. Right. Um, but after they did this peer coaching study, like pretty much almost all of them said that it was like the best thing that had, that they had done, that it had really contributed to their own professional learning. But here's the big thing is that all of them said that the feedback they got from peer coaching was way better than they got from their traditional administrator feedback. I wonder why. So this was in 2004, so it's still kind of on that line of NCLB and all of that, all Uh of that stuff. However, I... I mean, if you're a 21-year veteran, I mean, I'm a 13, right? So people in my building have double the experience. Some people have yeah. been teaching as long as I've been alive as so an I administrator. That people love hearing that. <laughs> so, but it is true. It is. And so I think that there's Trust value. Trust the wisdom in the room. Yeah. And so I think there's value in pairing people together to right. have those conversations um, because every single um, participant in that particular study said that it was more valuable than the traditional feedback that they were given. For sure. Sometimes we forget to value the the strengths we already have around the table. Mm-hmm. We feel like we have to hire or bring in a consultant when really we should be looking down the hallway for some of the wisdom we have. Yeah. And making sure to go into all of these situations with the mindset that people want to grow. Yeah. People want we'll to change. do well. Um, and... Because otherwise, I, it was from Elena Aguilar's oh, book yeah. about um, if you go into it thinking that people suck, you're never going to make change. <laughs> I love it. And she uses the word suck. And yeah. It's great. I love it. Like nobody's <laughs> going to want to work with you if you're going in and just thinking they suck. Why would they want to work with you? So uh, yes. you do. You have to go in with that positive mindset and, and belief in people. And I can so. say, Christy and I have never made that mistake. Never, 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 never. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so much. All right, thank you so much for joining us on the Modern Principle Podcast. Woo, that's all we got. <laughs> you can find us um, on Instagram at the Modern Principle, yes. Twitter at Modern Principle, and always our website at www.themodernprinciple.com. And don't forget to rate us and like us and give us stars. Yeah, because apparently that's really important. We don't totally know why, but if you could do it, that'd be great. Yeah, we only have like 12, so I've done it myself <laughs> from multiple <laughs> handles. <laughs> Just make up new names to do it. I don't really do that, people. But she does. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs)